Hello, everybody, and welcome back to At the Apex Formula One. My name is Christian, and today we have had quite a few things happen since the Canadian Grand Prix that we are going to go over. But first, let's kind of catch up on the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, not a whole lot that I want to go over. Um, mostly just the results, what all was happening. So Max won again. Um, I feel like he's probably going to win the rest of the races this season unless something catastrophic uh, happens. Uh, I just, <laughs> I don't see him not winning anymore. He's just in such a great form. I, yeah, either way, Alonzo got second again, um, but he was much closer to Max this time. Uh, surprisingly, Hamilton got third, uh, and I mean surprisingly by their upgrades seem like they are stepping in the right direction. Um, so that worked out really well for them. Then we had the Ferraris in fourth and fifth, Charles and Sainz, which that turned out to be a really good race for them. Um, we'll go over that, but they finally... Broke out of the Ferrari funk a little bit. Uh, Perez finished sixth. Um, that's uh, that's a uh, little bit bad and shocking. And I'm very. I just there's one big question of why is Perez finishing sixth when Max is winning every race. Um, <clears throat> his run of form lately has just not been up to par. I don't know what's going on with Perez, and I don't know what is, I don't, I just don't understand what's happening with him, because for him to qualify 12th and then finish 6th when his teammate is winning all these races, and God, I want to say that he was, what, like uh, 51 seconds behind Max by the end of the race? Um, that's a huge margin um, for somebody who we were talking about earlier this year as a title competitor for Max. Um, for him to finish that far back, I just, Perez, you need to get your stuff together. Just make, do better. Just do better. I know it's easier said than done, but he should be finishing much higher than than where he did in the past few races because I believe that he has not been on the podium since at least three races, and uh, it's, it's just a shame because he has the best car, and um, he needs to, uh, he needs to get, get up there. Um, the other surprise was Alex Albon, seventh place in a Williams. That just, that, that was awesome. Um, he did an excellent job in qualifying through the rain. Uh, the whole race he did very, very well. Um, man, hats off to Alex Albon for that. Uh, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was reading something about, um, James Vowles was saying that they are 20 years behind in their their technology and uh, like their car and everything, uh, which makes sense. Uh, 
seeing what their car looks like. Um, you know, all the cars on the grid, the the floor, all the edges have all these weird like little shapes and everything happening. Even though it's a one consistent line, they have all these designs built in, and Williams is just a straight line. Um, <clears throat> anyway, getting away from it, uh, Albon, he did awesome in the Williams, and uh, just keep up the great work that just, I think everybody can applaud Alex for doing such a great job, and I don't think anybody, I've not talked to anybody who said that Williams finishing seventh was not right. <clears throat> so that was that was really really good but going back to the front of the field uh alonzo finishing second he uh he had his first upgrades to the car in this season and um looked like everything worked out really well for him uh he finished second as we already mentioned but he actually was only about 10 seconds behind max which was a little bit surprising, but really, really cool to see because he's just getting closer to him at this point. And I don't know if that was a um, just a product of Canada because that would tie into why Perez didn't actually finish higher than what he was supposed to. Um, maybe the Canadian track just does not suit the Red Bulls, and uh, it just maybe we'll see a whole change of form coming up here uh, in the next race. But uh, the other team that got a really big upgrade a uh, couple seasons or a couple races back, a couple seasons back, a couple races back, uh, was Mercedes. And when they got their upgrade in Monaco, you know, we couldn't really tell if it was going to be a good, good uh starting point for them to rebuild the car or what um and then we just came to a proper track um an actual circuit uh and they seem to do really really well um now that's gonna be one of those things where it may have been just a matter of circumstance as well because there's not too hard of braking zones um, or weird turns in Canada uh, that could really upset the Mercedes chassis, if anything, or the aero balance. Um, it just, it might have just suited their car very well. We've seen this happen with Mercedes where they will do really well at a track and then really horrible at another track. Uh, let's hope that this is just a run of good form for them and starting up new uh, so that they can get back into the front of the field because I feel I can speak for everybody on this that uh, we want to see more competition at the front. Um, you know, if we can get Red Bull, Aston Martin, Mercedes, and Ferrari all battling for the lead, that would be that would be happy days. Really cool. Um, unfortunately, uh, Russell uh, flew into the wall um, in lap uh, 14 or so, not too far into the race. Uh, it was a shame to see him go, but man, that was 
that was a huge hit uh, into the wall there. And I was actually surprised for how hard he hit, he was able to bring it back into the pit, change tires, and then go back out onto the track and race. Um, I think they ended up retiring the car because the rear brakes were damaged, so they had to front bias all all the brakes, and uh, they just overheated the brakes, and they couldn't race anymore. Uh, that was a shame for Russell. He was doing really well. Um, I was curious to see how he was going to end up. Um, you know, with the new upgrades and kind of just see a comparison between both the Mercedes on the track. But, you know, we always have next week, uh, actually this weekend. So I am very excited to see what's going to happen. Um, moving along. So Canada, Circuit de Jules Villeneuve. I already messed it up. Um one of the things that I really like about this track uh, that you don't really see a whole lot of in every other track is you have a tunnel of trees over the track and you really, really get to see how much wind is moved by these cars. Um, there was maybe a light breeze in Canada during the race. But if you watch all of the highlights and see the cars go by, it just looks like a hurricane is going through Canada every time a car drives underneath those trees. Um, and this brings on a good point. Uh, this is one of those things that is really implied in Formula One. And we never... There's no way for us to actually experience and know exactly what these drivers go through or how fast they're actually going. Uh, the TV really just, it blurs the perspective on it. And I, I can't speak for everybody else, but I know I will never be able to drive a Formula One car. So I will never know what it is, what it feels like to drive one. But... What I do know is if you see the amount of wind that is coming off of those cars and you have 20 of them going through and everybody is talking about um, kind of just they're, they're talking about Formula One cars driving as a road car would. But when you see how much wind is actually being pushed off of those cars, and those cars are very aero-based, um, it's really one of those things that gets put into perspective of the whole rule change with them trying to make the cars easier to follow. Uh, that's why. Because there is so much wind coming off of them, and they rely so much on downforce that... It's really hard to see, but Canada's a track where you really get to see it. Um, for the amount of speed that these cars carry, too, um, you know, I I think in uh, Spa for Eau Rouge and Radeon, like a normal car goes through at like 90 miles an hour, maybe, up the hill, and then they have to brake. 
these cars will go through that turn doing 180 miles an hour and almost not even let off. Uh, you know, that it really puts it into perspective of those cars are twice as fast and the way that they really drive these cars. Um, the best way that I can describe it is if you take your road car and you go into a turn and you're feeling a little spirited, you can say, and uh, you go into the turn and you're like, oh, whoa, that was uh, maybe a little bit too fast. You feel the car step out a little bit and it's a, a little bit like, whoa, that was a little bit on the limit. Well, these guys drive that way all the time and two or three times faster than we have ever experienced. So in that note of how much wind gets kicked around and how much they rely on downforce and for them to drive the car in that manner, uh, it really puts it into perspective for me. Uh, and Canada always shows me that with uh, how the trees react when the cars go by. Um, another little... Uh, tidbit that I looked up because I just wanted to see what the uh, the the g-forces are between like a normal car and a uh, Formula One car. So a normal car, zero to sixty, will pull about half of a g, and a Formula One car, there is areas where it will pull four or five. So you're experiencing acceleration at half of a G, and those cars are accelerating at much higher G, but they're cornering at 10 times that in some corners. They're pulling 5G in some corners. So again, it's really hard to put it into perspective for us uh, because we never get to see uh the wind going by, we can never feel what's going on in the car, but I just wanted to kind of put that into relation to a real car because nobody ever talks about it and it, it kind of just fascinates me. Anyway, that's my little rant or informative uh, notation of Formula One cars compared to average cars. Um, I just thought it was kind of a cool little thing. Uh, Either way, moving along to the next section. So we are in round nine and ten. Sorry, round ten now because uh, we've only had nine races, but we are on round ten. Um, we are on round ten. So coming up is Austria, and silly season is almost upon us as well. So... For anybody that doesn't know, Silly Season is the whole driver change, team changes, and everything happening usually in about mid-season for next year's lineups. So there's already been a lot of talk. There's always a lot of talk. Um, but it keeps it fun um, of some driver changes happening. You know, um, DeFries is really, he's not picked up in AlphaTauri as everybody thought he would, which is a shame because uh, 
the kid is a pretty cool kid, and uh, you know, I just i i never I never go into a season thinking that somebody should fail in Formula One for other people to move in. Um, I always want somebody to do really well and to expand their career, and it's just. It's fun. I uh, I just want everybody to succeed in what they're doing in Formula One. But Nick DeFries has just not shown what he is capable of, I think, in Formula One as he did in other categories. Um, you know, last year we were talking about how Yuki Sonoda is uh, needing to get his head in the game and beat Pierre Gasly. Uh, and... He needs to start finishing races better and calm down and do everything better for him to keep his seat. And it's amazing how quickly everything changes. Now we're praising Yuki for how great he's doing. And Nick DeFries is basically picked up the gauntlet that Yuki Sonoda left off. So it is a matter of circumstance. And I don't know if that AlphaTauri is just that hard of a car to drive that he just can't wrap his head around it. And it could be a whole Daniel Ricciardo scenario where, you know, he's a really good driver, but he just can't extract the performance of the car like his teammate. Um, so Nick DeFries is... Uh, on the chopping block, it seems, rumor has it, through the grapevine, um, that he may or may not be replaced by Ricardo. Uh, that would be kind of an interesting move since uh, Daniel Ricardo didn't want to go to a lower team. And uh, I think he... He's probably enjoying his time out of the car this season. You know, uh, still experiencing the F1 circus, but not having to deal with the drama of it. I'm betting that he's probably he's probably in a really good state right now. Uh, and I don't know if he would really want to take to the Alpha Towery because... Um, he, he didn't want to join a lower team anyway, so why would he want to take up that in that team? But this is all speculation. I have no idea. Uh, I would love to see Ricardo back in the car. I just, I want to see AlphaTauri make a better car <laughs> more than I want to see Ricardo in the car, uh, I would say. Um uh, other changes too, you know, AlphaTauri is losing Franz Toss, the team principal. He's finally retiring. Uh, we covered that before. And Laurel Mackey is uh, coming in as team principal. So they're doing a little bit of shuffling around. Um, I hope that the team is going to just succeed and get everything together and uh, hopefully be a little bit more of a competitive force next year. Um, they're also... Uh, sorry, this is just becoming a uh, AlphaTauri section now. Um, they will apparently change their name next year. It's not going to be AlphaTauri. Um, Helmet Marco confirmed that they're going to change the name. Uh, they're going to get a little bit of a redesign. 
I don't know what that means if they're selling the team, maybe, uh, or if that's just something that they're trying to revamp the team and get more motivation going in there. Um, who knows? Only time will tell. But anyway, Alpha Tauri section closed back to silly season. Um, the other question that really keeps popping up on everything Formula One is, is Lance Stroll going going to stay at Aston Martin? And I paused right in the middle of that because, of course, he's going to stay in Aston Martin because his dad owns the team. But I is Aston Martin going to be held back by Lance Stroll because he is not operating in the performance bracket that Fernando Alonso is. Um, Fernando Alonso is third in the Drivers' Championship, and he is, what, 80 points ahead of Lance Stroll, I believe. I will double-check that. But, um, you know... Alonso is battling for second with Perez, and at the rate that Perez is driving, um, Alonso might get second. Stroll is eighth in the Drivers' Championship. He has 37 points, and Alonso has 117. So, yeah, 80 points. Uh, That's a big number for somebody who is... Regarded as driving the second best car of the year um, on the grid. I I don't know if Lance is just not able to drive the car as fast or if he doesn't have the motivation. Um, but it, it, it is his seventh season in this, in this sport, um, in Formula One. And... I just don't know if he's got anything else to give. Is he going to hit another level? I mean, he's pretty young. He's in his he's in his 20 mid 20s, 25. Uh I believe. Um but either way, he's got 7 years of Formula 1 under his belt. Um he should be considered almost a seasoned veteran at this point, but he is just not performing the way that he needs to. Um, Will they make a change? I don't know. Um, It would be kind of dumb for them not to make a change if they want to make Aston Martin a competitive force like they are beginning to do so now. Um, I just, I don't know if uh, he's the driver for that seat. Um, And I'm not taking away anything from Lance Stroll. I know that he's a good driver. Um, You have to be a good driver to be able to drive one of these cars. Um, It just, there's not, there's no argument there. You have to be a good driver to drive one of these cars. And I know that he's been doing this his whole life. You know, he's been racing since he was in single digits of age. Um, So he's put in the time, he's put in the effort. It's just, he doesn't have the determination or the skill or a combination of both to keep up with what Aston Martin is trying to do. I feel like, 
Um, but we'll see. I just, I, I feel like if they put another top driver in there, um, let's say this will never happen because Vettel retired. But if you put Vettel and Alonso into Aston Martin, um, where would that team be? That team would be comfortably in second place while they are now, but even more comfortable, but they might even actually be in a spot to challenge Red Bull for the title. Um, You know, if you have two really good drivers and they can work off of each other, um, maybe it could be a lot closer in the championship. Uh, That's all, you know, imaginary at this point, but I just, I feel that uh, the other seat should be somebody doing a little bit more with the car than Lance. But on the other end, um, on the contrary to that side, if there was another driver in that second seat besides Fernando Alonso, would we still be talking about Lance Stroll in the same way? Would uh, Aston Martin be second in the championship? Again, who knows? Maybe Alonso's just like the god of driving, and here he is driving something that maybe handles like a Williams, but he's getting second place all the time. Who knows? Um, But Lance Stroll's name always comes up in these situations in the silly season because a lot of people don't think he deserves a seat, uh, that he's not good enough. Uh, I don't know. Again, we'll find out, but uh, it's just an interesting topic that keeps coming up. So, other than that, um, you know, Logan Sargent's been under fire. Uh, I just, he is a rookie, and he is showing the rookie mistakes. But is he doing better than Latifi? I don't think he's doing better than Latifi. I don't think he's doing worse than Latifi. So that's a really hard one. I don't know if they're able to really um, do anything at Williams, uh, afford anybody, because it's a slippery slope with them. They need to develop the car, make the car faster so that they can get more points and get more money. And then they can afford to get a better driver. Uh, maybe, you know, if Mick wants to get in the car badly enough, uh, is that something where Mick would drive a Williams? I don't know. That's, uh, that would be an interesting thing to see. Um, Mick and Alex Albon in Williams together, would that bring better results? Uh, would that carry the team forward? Who knows? Um, but that would be kind of cool. Other than that, um, you know, Red Bull has their drivers. Uh, Max and Perez, they're, they're contracted for next year. Uh, Mercedes, um, we're still waiting on Hamilton to sign his contract, I believe, at the time this podcast is going out. Uh, but... Everybody is saying that he's going to go to Ferrari. Uh, I personally don't think that that's going to happen, um, especially with the step that they took forward with the car and their results this weekend. 
Um, why would he go now to a slower team? But we're waiting for that contract to go through. Russell is going to be at Mercedes. That's just going to happen. Uh, McLaren is in is in contract with their drivers. Um, but although the interesting part is going to be Lando Norris, um, you know he's contracted for another year or two. But uh, you know, is, is he wasting his time at McLaren? Um, I know that they're trying to turn around their concept as well, but I don't know if Lando is going to stick around at McLaren as much as we want him to or as much as Zach wants him to. Um, I, At this point, I just feel like Lando Norris's talent is just being wasted in McLaren at this point. Um so I've always I've always had it in the back of my mind that Lando is going to cut his contract short and possibly go to uh Salba, which is going to turn into Audi. Um and what better than to go to that team next year so that he can ingrain himself for a year and then have the big manufacturer take over. Um Piastri is going to stay at McLaren. Um, they fought so hard to get him. He's going to be there. Uh, <clears throat> um, Alpine, they're going to be they're contracted there for a while. I don't see any changes happening there. Ferrari, um, that's another interesting one. Is Charles actually going to put up with Ferrari for the next while? Um, that's a uh, that's a tough one. I don't see where he would go other than Ferrari. Uh, I think he's just going to end up having to bide his time at Ferrari until something else opens up. Sainz is going to stay at Ferrari. Um, I I see him. I see him being a good a good attribute to Ferrari that Charles doesn't bring to Ferrari. Um, Ferrari or uh, Charles is very yes man. Um, you know, they're like, oh, come in and box for hards in this rainy weather and he'll do it. Uh, as opposed to uh, Char- uh, Science will kind of give a little bit of pushback and say what he wants and He's trying to break the Ferrari mold a little bit, which I think they very much need. Um, and I don't see him going anywhere. Um, Williams, we talked about them. Um, Alpha, Alpha Tauri, we talked about them. Uh, Alpha Romeo uh, or Sauber is uh, going to be an interesting one because uh, Valtteri and Joe... Um, I don't know what's going to happen with that team as they are changing into Audi. That's, I don't even have a theory on that one besides Lando Norris going there. Um, maybe Lando Norris and Mick Schumacher, but, uh, I don't see Toto letting Mick go to Audi after uh, all the jabs and stabs that Audi did to uh, uh, Mercedes in marketing and everything. Uh, 
I don't know. That's that's just the big unknown at this point. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, I don't see any other really big surprise changes happening. That doesn't mean that there won't be because there always is. Um, you know, like last year we never saw Alonzo, you know, throwing away Alpine like he did and joining Aston Martin, and here we are. He is kicking ass, and uh, that was just – that was not something that anybody – thought was going to happen. Anyway, so moving along from silly season, we are coming up to Austria this weekend, and uh, it is a sprint weekend. So we don't have uh, practice on Friday, but we have qualifying on Friday, and then we have qualifying on Saturday, and then we have a sprint race on Saturday, then we have the main race on Saturday. So perfectly not confusing. Um, predictions for Austria. Uh, I hope Alonso wins. Um, it's a very short track. I know that it is the Red Bull ring and Red Bull is going to be, that's their home race and Red Bull is going to be the talk of the race. Um, I don't see... <laughs> I really want Alonso to win, but do I feel like Max is just going to steamroll everybody and probably lap everybody and take his millionth win? That's probably what's going to happen. Um, I'm hoping that uh, Mercedes is going to bring more to the table and there will be a little bit more of a battle for second and third. Uh, same thing with Ferrari. Um Hopefully Ferrari is going to be a little bit more on it and we are going to get a little bit of a three or four way battle. But um, yeah, that is coming up this weekend. Hopefully everything is going to be a great race and Alonzo wins and everybody cheers and celebrates and we go along to the next race. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you like the podcast... Um, it would be a very big help if you could please put five stars down, uh, leave a review. Um, I will read out reviews as well if anybody leaves one. Uh, again, thank you very much, everybody, for all of the support. Um, I know I haven't done a podcast in a couple weeks, and I will get back on it. Um, but thank you, everybody, to who has supported me and everything, and uh, we will see you at the next Apex. Thank you very much.